0: Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada.
1: What is up? Welcome in to another episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, back on the mic tonight to preview week 8 Okada I cannot believe we're saying this we are officially halfway through fantasy football season oh uh, so sad but how are you doing today uh was well, doing great until
0: you mentioned that bets now it's all ruined i know no it's uh yeah you know i wish that we could come up with another football league or something that could span the rest of the year I don't know. We need to we need to resolve this problem for all football and fantasy players everywhere, because the fact that e- even before the NFL ends, which is too soon,
1: fantasy ends like six or seven weeks before that. Yeah, it's the worst. Unless you play DFS, then you get to play through the playoffs, which is a lot True. of fun. I know you can't do that, Mister NFL Network, but yes, uh, the rest of us can and spend a lot of money doing so. Which <laughs> hopefully you're making the money doing it. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be be done, apparently. Um, but yeah, man, halfway through the season, it's rolling. We are definitely looking at ahead now, I think, to playoff matchups and looking ahead to, you know, you, you know if you're a pretender or if you're a contender at this point going mm-hmm. into week eight, and we're going to try to help get you over the hump here. We're going to switch it up this week because most weeks, we kind of do our usual, you know, we got news, we got injuries, we talk about our favorite players to start and sit, but... We got to dig deep. Halfway through the season, it's time to make the push for the playoffs. We're going to preview every single game on the slate this week, and whatever we don't get to, you know, for our normal weekly recording which drops on every platform that you listen to your podcast, we will cover the rest of those on the Patreon show right after this. So if you want more more content there, head over to patreon.com/redshirtspod. Uh, a couple bucks a month, you get access to these extra episodes, you get access to Uh, Matt Okada and myself in the Slack channel Uh, and you get to be best friends with our community over there a good group of people for sure to talk fantasy with 24-7 so hop in there uh, check that out alright Okada before we get into our usual stuff here tonight we've got to start with the big question of the week I posed this on Twitter I said Mm. what do you think about Joe Mixon Finish finish the sentence here or fill in the blank Joe Mixon is a blank running back in fantasy football rest of season is he top 10, 10 to 15, 15 to 24, or is he not even a running back two, worse than 24th? Uh, what say you, Okada? Oh, this was really tough for me, Betts. In fact, I can't even remember
0: what I voted because I was so torn between the last two. And I don't think that there's any way that it's not between the last two the outside of RB1 range to outside of RB2 range. Although 10% of the votes got top 15. But he has just been too bad, that offense is too bad to have him be anywhere close to the elite range or even RB1 range. Having said that, he's still getting touches on the level of, you know, an RB1, basically. It's just that this offense is literally so awful, so incapable of doing anything, and this team as a whole is so bad that it, the that they basically have to go away from the run game sooner than anyone would like Andy Dalton leads the league in pass attempts and it's not it's never a good situation for Mixon so it's the ultimate battle of touches versus I don't want to say talent in this case because I know he has a talent but efficiency uh, or something along those lines and for me it's right around the 24 mark so it was that's why it was tough for me to vote but I would say that it really is 24 or worse because I would probably put him somewhere between 24 and 30 for rest of season just because I know he's going to be
1: there and he's going to get touches but I can't rely on him to score points yeah this offensive line man is just absolutely abysmal uh we're going to talk about it more in detail when we talk about the Bengals and Rams matchup this week but I just looked at our rankings I've got him 21 on the week so I think you're still able to start him Uh, you know obviously expectations are low But you absolutely put Mixon in a body bag, 29th this week for you at running back. And honestly, I can't say I blame you. I'll probably move him down after we discuss that game a little bit more. But yeah, it's rough. If you've got Mixon, what are you doing? I mean, are you trying to trade him? I don't know what value you're getting. Are you playing him? Are you just putting him on your bench, hoping and praying that something changes? Like, What do our our listeners do if they have Mixon on their roster?
0: I mean, based off what we're seeing from the... From your poll and just a general temperature check on the community, I don't think you can trade him away. And I might even consider trading for him because I do think he's in that 24 to 30 range where he's probably flexible every week and will have RB two weeks. And I think that the community as a whole might view him as worse than that because he's just been so awful. And to be fair to them, I think he's ranked somewhere around 40, depending on your format, RB 40. So that is fair. Um... But, yeah, I I can't really see myself trading for him because it's just such a nasty thing to want to put on my team. But I don't think I can get rid of him either. So I'm probably holding him and, depending on how deep my league is, starting him in my flex spot pretty frequently.
1: Yeah, it's it's rough out there. I own Mixon in the Listener League, and I can't trade him for a bag of peanuts right now. So Nope. Yikes. Uh, all right, man, Let's let's get off that talk. We'll come back to the Bengals here in a little bit. I want to let everyone know, reminder, go over to the website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. We have got articles from our awesome staff. Quarterback streamers article just went up today on Wednesday morning. So if you missed out on any quarterbacks this week, Stephen Pintado is going to hook you up. Each week, Jordan Richards recaps the biggest winners and losers from the week and kind of projects what to do with them moving forward. So awesome content on the site. You've got uh, our rankings from Okada and myself up there for your start set decisions. So head over, check it out. Find us on social media at RedshirtsFFPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We love interacting with you guys there, so please give us a follow. and Check it out. All right, Okada, let's get over into the news. I got great news, guys. News, 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 news,
0: news, news, news.
1: All right, man, there was some big-time news around the NFL over the last 24, probably to 48 hours or so by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, on Thursday, and and let's start with your team. So we'll, we'll give you the, the go-ahead here. Mm. Mohamed Sanu traded from the Atlanta Falcons to the Patriots for a second-round pick, um, and, and we'll talk about it here in a minute. And, Okada, why don't we just do it together? Josh Gordon headed to injured reserve, and now we know why they made this trade for Sanu. I'll touch base on, on Gordon here in a bit, but let's talk about the trade first. Let's start with the Patriots' side of the ball. Obviously, Gordon's out. Sanu's in. Um, I think Edelman is a lock as far as you know maintaining his role. But this definitely makes things a little bit more dicey, I think, for Philip Dorsett, for uh, rookie Jacoby Myers. Uh, what are you doing with the rest of these pieces here? And, and how do you see Sanu fitting in with the Pats? Yeah, um it's interesting. I think it's a
0: incredibly good NFL move, even really for both teams, the Falcons and the Patriots. Um, Sanu is a perfect receiver for the Patriots. I've kind of always wished that he played for them. He's a good route runner, he's tough, he blocks well. So he's going to be on the field a lot, I think. Um as far as fantasy goes, I like you said I don't think it affects Edelman at all. I think he's a lock. I don't really know if it affects uh, affects Dorsett that much either. Um, he kind of plays a different role than I think Sanu will. And Josh Gordon actually was maybe more of a threat to that role when he was on the field than Sanu will be. So I think as a whole, when you count the loss of Gordon in addition of Sanu, Dorsett probably stays even, if maybe not, maybe even takes a little step forward. Uh, Jacoby Myers is probably does affect. We saw him have a decent number of targets in the last game, played well. But I think Sanu could be. I think he will take his snaps. A lot of Myers snaps. So if you were hoping to get some value out of Myers for the rest of the season, this could hurt that. Um, and as for Sanu himself, I think it's probably pretty lateral. I think there's a chance he gets a little bit more work with the Patriots overall, uh, as far as being on the field. But the the they are not going to throw as much as the Falcons did, and so the additional targets that he might have gained. Overall, you he loses them again because his team's not going to throw as much. So I think it's pretty much uh lateral for Sanu as well. In that he will have some weeks of usefulness. You won't really know when they're coming, and he'll be maybe flexible in a PPR league. I don't know half the time, three quarters of the time, somewhat
1: startable. Yeah, by week filling. I, I think you sum that up perfectly. I think Myers is the biggest hit. Um, and I, I agree with you as far as how the Dominoes fall elsewhere uh, there in New England. One question I do have for you is, how many games do you think it takes before we see like a double wide receiver pass from Sanu to oh. Elman to like Brady down the field? Like It has to happen, right? I mean, they've got two wide receivers who can throw the ball. How many games? It's
0: uh, literally zero games. I think that that was probably 50% of the reason they, <laughs> they went and got him. No, not really. But I will say this. There are two players bets in NFL history with five-plus pass attempts that have a perfect passer rating. Can you guess who they are? I mean, it's got to be Sanu is one, I'm, I'm sure. It's Sanu it and Edelman? Edelman. Oh, my yep. gosh.
1: <laughs> you got to love it. That's amazing. Uh, the Patriots now the best quarterback room in the league. <laughs> <Facts. for> sure. <laughs> All right, man. How does this affect the Atlanta side of the ball? I mean, Julio is, is Julio. Obviously, he's going to dominate targets. I think the biggest beneficiary by far, and it's obvious, is Calvin Ridley um, who, you know, is on the field almost every down playing a ton of snaps. This is going to open up more targets for him. I like him as a player. I've been hesitant on him because of the fact that Sanu and he have kind of split some of the target share between the two of them behind Julio, but this is a very well-defined I think 1A, 1B situation at wide receiver right now between Julio and Ridley, and then you've got Austin Hooper balling out too, so uh, three targets in the passing game that are going to get a ton of value, like you said, because of the volume that they see. Do you think this elevates Ridley to the degree that I think it does? Um, It depends on
0: quite how much you think it elevates him. I do absolutely think that he gains the most from all the players on either team in this situation. Uh, Sanu was getting around, if not exactly, six targets a game. So that has to get distributed somewhere. And I don't think there's a great... Uh, additional receiver that's going to st- step up and take that. I think it's more likely that it goes and sifts towards Hooper and Ridley, like you kind of said. Uh, the only reason I wouldn't like go absolutely bonkers for Ridley is I think that his targets probably get split up pretty evenly between the rest of the guys. Um, it's not that you know they won't slide all over to Ridley and then he'll be suddenly a almost Julio-level uh, target count guy on this team. But he definitely gets a boost. I think he probably climbs his way towards wide receiver 2 range much more often
1: now as opposed to being kind of an off-and-on uh, hit-or-miss guy. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that uh, as well. One other piece of trade news that came out, Manny Sanders off to San Francisco, uh, obviously being traded away from the Broncos. They traded a 20, 20 third and fourth to get him and also... Uh, got back a fifth round pick in exchange uh, with Sanders as well. So uh, the Niners, you know, 6-0, and obviously first in the division, are going for it this season, and I think that, that trade tells you that. We know the narrative behind this offense and behind Kyle Shanahan is that his wide receiver one typically is very, very fantasy-relevant and productive. How long do you think it takes for Sanders to get back up to speed with this offense and become that wide receiver one? Ooh, I don't think too long. I think that the kind of work that he will have
0: in this offense should be it should be able to get up to speed fairly quickly. I maybe not the very first week, but I think he will be 100 percent viable pretty much out the gate by week two. I would consider him the team's wide receiver one and a fantasy probably low end wide receiver two. I think of both of these trades and all the effects that have that have been you know sifted down to all these players. Emmanuel Sanders being able to go over to the Niners and automatically, in my opinion, be the number one target guy there is going to be really good for him for fantasy. I think Jimmy G is competent and hasn't looked great for fantasy, especially this season because he hasn't had great receivers. Obviously, beyond George Kittle, Dante Pettis, super underwhelming. Um, But getting Emmanuel Sanders now, who is honestly an excellent receiver, to immediately take over that, that target lead for this team... That's a big fantasy boost for him and for Jimmy G even um, and for the offense as a whole. So this is pretty much good all around, and I would love to have Emmanuel Sanders at this point.
1: I don't know if I'm quite as optimistic. I mean, I I think he'll have his weeks for sure. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at this offense, I mean, and maybe it's because they haven't had the playmakers at wide receiver that they need. But man, they are running the ball so much and they are dominating running back touches compared to other teams. Very strong offensive line. Obviously, they've got a couple injuries right now. Does the addition of Manuel Sanders change that at all as far as their offensive philosophy? Because I don't think it does. I, I think uh Tevin Coleman, who's pulling away with touches here, is going to continue to be very fantasy-relevant and an RB2 until we see otherwise. Obviously, Matt Breda is no slouch. Um, Do you think that this helps the running game? Do you think it takes away from the touches that Coleman and Breda get? Honestly, I think that it's...
0: Uh, a little bit, not that this will change the philosophy, but that they expected they may need to change it soon, and this was a key factor in doing that. The basic reason is, yes, the 49ers are 6-0, and yes, I think they're real. Their defense is incredible. Their run game is really good. We've talked about how good Shanahan is at scheming that run game. But they've played a lot of very bad teams, Betts. People talk about the Patriots' undefeated you know, record being uh, shadowy. The 49ers have played the Bucks, Bengals, Steelers, Browns who are obviously super underwhelming, Rams, they got a great win but this is in the middle of the Rams losing streak and the Redskins. Those are the teams they've beaten. So it has not been tough for them either. They're going to they're hitting a stretch now where they play the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Ravens, the Saints, Rams and Seahawks again. That that's most of the rest of the season's schedule. I think things are going to get harder for them, and I don't think they're going to have as much freedom to run the ball at will as they have over the first six games. And I think that they know that, and that's maybe why they went out and got a good receiver like Sanders. So I don't think he's here to specifically change the philosophy, but I think they expect that they may need to pass a little more over the coming weeks, and that that will work well for Sanders and the the team as a whole.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that that makes perfect sense for sure well said all right man let's get over into some injury news
0: all right bets well we're gonna bury the lead here because you've already mentioned josh gordon so we're gonna cover him real quick and then get to probably the biggest injury maybe of the year so far so gordon suddenly headed to injured reserve Uh, even seems to surprise him. I don't know if you saw his tweet with the little thinking emoji, Um, but it pretty much looks like the Patriots are about to move on from Josh Gordon. Uh, Can you tell us anything about this injury and
1: what to maybe expect from him in the future in Dynasty? Yeah, so Josh Gordon is dealing with two bone bruises in his knee. Uh, And if you remember back to last season, Marvin Jones dealt with a bone bruise. I want to say off the top of my head, like week 11 or so. Um, And he sat out the rest of the year. So, the fact that they're putting him on injured reserve you know, tells us that this is a pretty significant bone bruise. Those can take several weeks to really you know, recover back to, to full strength and to full health and are very, very painful to try to play through. So obviously that's why we're seeing Gordon not on the field. Now he lands on IR. In terms of that being a long-term concern, depending on the degree of the bone bruise, it doesn't seem like it's anything that I would be very concerned about long-term. You sometimes hear these being called as a bone bruise or um, a cartilage fracture. Like you'll hear those terms kind of interchangeably. Again, any cartilage type of injury, we know the risk of arthritis is there. But for a player like Josh Gordon, who honestly hasn't played that much because of his other off-the-field concerns, I'm not too worried about that, you know, as far as a a full workload type of thing or a ton of wear and tear on his knees. I think he'll be okay long term, but obviously for fantasy and for the rest of the season – uh, with the team moving on from him, his year is done. Sad stuff for Josh. Hopefully, he finds a new future
0: somewhere because I'm always a fan of him. All right, bets. So, apparently, Carry On Johnson will not be carrying on this season. Ew. Eh, bah, 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 bah. There was no <laughs> way I could avoid that pun. Sorry, Carry On, and all of Carry On's owners who are in a much sadder and more serious place than that. Ugh carry on johnson headed to ir with the knee injury bets did this come out of nowhere for you and should we expect him to return i think they said they hoped that he
1: would come back yeah and then we saw basically it be reported i think it was by adam schefter that he would miss some time obviously now we know that's a lot of time uh and this is classic you know detroit lions coming from the patriots obviously with patricia there being very quiet and minimal as far as what they tell us about their injury so all we know with Carrion is that it's a right knee injury, and he had a scope on Monday of this week. I don't know exactly what was done in that scope. I can't really speak to the true recovery timeline because of the fact that we don't know the details, but it is worth noting this is not the same knee that he injured last year. That was his left knee, and that was an MCL sprain that sent him to uh, injured reserve late in the year. So opposite knee. But obviously not a trend that you want to see with the young running back who now can't really stay healthy on the field two years in a row. And to be honest with you, it definitely did catch me off guard because I went back and watched the game a second time to try to look for when this happened to carry on and I couldn't find it. So I don't really know. Maybe it was something from practice that was lingering into the game. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But regardless, unfortunately, carry on Johnson is done for the year. All right,
0: we will get into the replacement options when we get to the game, but I do have one more question for you, Betts, and it's a little bit of a dangerous one because I know you hate this term, but is there a concern at this point that on Johnson, who has been dealing with injuries all the way back since college, is injury-prone in some respect?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a good point because, like you said, it's not just this year, it's college, too. I mean, he dealt with a ton of hamstring concerns, a pretty serious ankle injury in college, to name a couple Uh, I know another minor knee injury previously. So yeah, I I tend to shy away from injury prone, but for sure, I mean, you just look at the history and it's not like it's a shoulder and then a wrist and then an ankle, like it's all lower body issues for the most part uh, for carry on. And that's when I think we can look at this as far as a dynasty perspective and say, you know, maybe he just isn't the type of back that's going to hold up. Maybe he is kind of more susceptible to future injury at the lower body. So yeah, I, I think the term is, questionable but i think it's definitely fair to ask um and for sure i think you have to knock that against him when you're talking about long-term value someone comes and offers you a first round pick for carry johnson
0: 2021st are you taking it if it's top 10 probably yep i probably right. am which it probably is unless you have a 14 team league chances are it is so sad hey, you could have traded for it you never know that, that's fair that's fair all right Uh, before we get into these game previews, bets, there's going to be a lot of information coming out of our listeners here, so suppose that they were so overwhelmed by all this information that they just wish that they could have us do all the work for them for their fantasy teams. Would there be any way
1: that such a thing could happen? There is. Thank goodness (laughs) for that, and thanks to our sponsor, FantasyGo.com. These guys are awesome, and they provide a platform for us as analysts To, like Okada said, help you out with all your fantasy football needs. So this site right now basically is uh, connected through Yahoo Leagues. You make an account, you go into the marketplace, and you look for uh, Matt O or Matthew B. You find us and you literally hire us for the week. So, you know, starting on Tuesday all the way through Sunday, we are your direct consultant basically for the week. You can ask us waiver wire advice. You can ask us trade advice. They've got a concierge mode where you just chat back and forth and, you know, really get to see the thought process that we have when we tell you to click uh, player X versus player Y. So it's great. And if you're busy and you don't have the time to, to chat with us, no big deal. You can say, you do it. I'm busy this week. Take the reins and set my lineup for me. And we will do that for you. So check them out, fantasygo.com. Uh, look for Matthew B. and Matt o. Alrighty, cool stuff. Uh, let's get into these game previews
0: bets. We have two teams on by Ravens and Cowboys, and that is a lot of fantasy goodness that you do not have to work with in your lineups this week. In fact, I have—I believe it's with my the Red Shirts Listener League, maybe the Writers League. I have Ingram and Zeke, and it is rough for me right now. Oh, so, that's hopefully, <laughs> it is. Hopefully, this the uh, the breakdowns that we're about to give you guys for these games will help you find some other options. Let's kick it off with Thursday Night Football, a absolute fire matchup between the Washington Redskins and the Minnesota Vikings. Insert burp, 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 horn here. <laughs> this is not pretty. That's uh I think it's going to be about as one-sided as it gets. Uh where uh, is there anyone from the Redskins that you are interested in playing? Let's start with that.
1: Uh I think you can start Terry McLaurin in this matchup. Um, I want to talk about Adrian Peterson as far as the running backs and injuries in a second. But Terry McLaurin, I think you can play in this matchup. I mean, we've seen him succeed against tough matchups before, namely the Patriots. He's pretty much the only fantasy viable player on that team. And I think volume alone in a game where the Vikings are are favored by 16 points, um, you predict a lot of passing from... Uh, from Case Keenum, and unfortunately, Xavier Rhodes really isn't the cornerback he was the last couple of seasons, so he's not... uh, What's the saying? Roads closed? Yes, The the road is is not currently closed at the moment, so he actually hasn't been fantastic this season like he has been. I think McLaurin gets enough in this game to be a back-end wide receiver, too.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, Before we move on to the
1: Vikings, AP, you've got some breakdowns of the injury stuff. What's up? Well, first off, we've got to talk about revenge game narrative, right? AP against the Vikings, and we also got... Uh, Kirk Cousins ultimate revenge game who we'll talk about here in a minute Mm, you like that you do like that but for for AP dealing with that right ankle injury you could see on uh, Sunday he injured the ankle while being tackled and actually fumbled because of pain so you could see him kind of react and drop the ball dealing with a high ankle sprain and a low lateral ankle sprain so your typical kind of inversion or where you roll the ankle inward sprain so all that to say Four days after that, there's no way Adrian Peterson is 100%. I don't know how you can start him against this Vikings defense, but he does seem to be trending toward the right direction of playing. He is questionable officially for Thursday. All righty. Let's say that that is it with the Redskins. I also agree with
0: you on McLaurin, by the way, which is good because I have lots of McLaurin, so going to start him. On the Vikings
1: side of the ball, is there anyone you don't want to start? Uh, I would not start Adam Thielen this week. He no. is ruled out, actually. That would be a poor choice. Yes. Uh, ah, obviously he is with... ruled out, Bets. Yeah. Now,
0: can I uh, can I interest you in a little bit of Ola B.C. Johnson, perhaps?
1: <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners first who that is, and then I'll answer your question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Ola B.C. Johnson is his actual name. Also called B.C. Johnson, I think. It depends on where you look. I've heard that, uh, yeah. Yeah, seventh round pick of the Vikings this year 247th overall which is I'm pretty sure very close to Mr. Irrelevant uh he had eight targets four catches and a touchdown last week in uh I guess sort of fill-in work for Adam Thielen who went out with the hamstring and head injury was it multiple things uh no just the just the hamstring Okay, I thought there was some banging of heads involved. There was. There, but he was. He ended up getting evaluated. He was okay. But he, he cleared, right. Yep. Good. Good for him. Uh, but yeah, he's possibly a very sneaky play here. The Redskins obviously not good really on any part of the field against any type of position, and we expect the Vikings to run all over the place and pass all over the place. Kirk Cousins' revenge game, like you mentioned,
1: are you willing to start Abisi Johnson? In redraft season-long leagues, I think you have to be pretty desperate. I mean, we're talking 14-team, three-wide receiver format, maybe. Um, But certainly in, like, one-game DFS slates, yeah, for sure. And I probably will be playing him. You talked about it, you know, with with the volume that Kirk Cousins, I think, is going to see in this game as far as passing. It's not all going to go to Stephon Diggs. So, yeah, I'm definitely interested. But, again, with only two teams on a bye – you kind of have to be pretty desperate to start Johnson.
0: Perhaps if you were in a 20-team NFL research league with two flex spots. Because <laughs> I'm Please starting in there. Him. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, let's move on let's from go. all Johnson, I'll... since most people won't be starting it. Yeah,
1: I'll cheer for you tomorrow.
0: Uh, everyone else is a full go. Uh, how high do you have Kirk Cousins ranked this week in what... Normally, revenge games are silly, silly narratives. This one might actually hold some weight because of obviously how that organization handled Cousins over the years. Uh, Is he pretty high for you? Yeah, I've got him right now at quarterback eight. Mm, Very nice. All right. Uh, Dalvin Cook,
1: number one running back on the week? Dalvin Cook is, yes, both of our number one running backs. So, obviously, he is our consensus number one running back this week. (laughs) Yep, it's good stuff over there. All right, that does it for this game. (laughs)
0: Let's, Let's head over to... In uh, probably equally bad game, but maybe more exciting, Seahawks at Falcons. Obviously, the Falcons are struggling mightily this year, potentially going to fire their coach in the not-so-distant future. Uh, any names here that stand out as far as as far as unusual starts or sits, or is everyone a full go for both sides?
1: Um, I think it's your usual suspect on both sides of the ball. I love Russell Wilson in this matchup. You and I uh, have him as our consensus, quarterback one on the week. And by default, I think you have to like all of his his pass catchers for sure, including DK Metcalf, who is seeing a a big surge in his routes run, in his targets uh, for sure. So I think Metcalf in this matchup where Atlanta can't stop anyone through the air uh, or the ground for that matter is definitely a very startable wide receiver here this week outside of the usual suspects. Yeah, I have Tyler Lockett at 5, wide receiver
0: 5 this week. You have him at 4, so he is 100% an elite start in your lineups this week. Uh, Also, Chris Carson, I I would expect to be extremely good going up against that uh, just porous everywhere defense. Both of us have him in our top 7, so everybody is a full go. I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, How high is Calvin Ridley for you considering this is the first game without Sanu?
1: Uh, Let me pull up my wide receiver rankings here real quick. Uh, we actually both have him at wide receiver 25. I might tweak these a little bit here and see uh, see if I can get him up a little higher. I, I do think he'll probably finish a little higher than that. But um, right now I've got him at 25. I think I'll probably have him as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the names above him.
0: I think I could probably get him above Terry McLaurin. Larry Fitzgerald, maybe Allen Robinson. Those are a few guys I have above him, but then you hit the Rams and DJ Chark tier, and I don't think I could get him that high. So it's yeah, close, but he is a start for sure.
1: All right. Well, that covers that game nice and quick. Let's head over Actually, to the one Chargers. Let's- oh, oh, yes. What is it? Let's talk about Matt Ryan because uh, he is in danger of missing this game, Uh-oh. dealing with high ankle sprain. The ankle, that's right. Yes. He did not practice today when we were recording this on Wednesday However, there's a report saying the plan is to try to get him to play on Sunday, which, in my opinion, is idiotic. Like, they're Mm. on by next week, and this is still a franchise player for you. Obviously, this is not the season to compete. So why are you trying to rush him back? I don't get it. But if Matt Schaub plays, I would have very little interest in Calvin Ridley. So I just want to put that out there.
0: Yeah, I would downgrade pretty much everybody in that case. So good call. Uh, All right, heading over to Chargers at Bears. The Chargers, another team that is severely struggling, underwhelming, losing a lot of close games, which seems just like the Chargers thing to do. I literally laughed out loud when they fumbled the ball on the one yard line uh, last week when they were about to win the game because it was just the most Chargers thing Uh, going up against a Bears team that is similarly uh, struggling on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Mitch Trubisky even saying they have no identity publicly, which you hate to see from your quarterback. Oh, gosh, I didn't see that. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously the Bears defense, the more dangerous one here. Are there any Chargers players that he would normally throw out
1: there that you're more concerned about or sitting? I mean, I think we should just start by talking about Melvin Gordon and what do you do? Obviously, mm. he has looked terrible in his first few games back. I mean, the offense as a whole – I pulled the stats from from weeks five to seven when he came back the offense is averaging third 319 yards per game without Gordon they're over 400 yards per game so the offense for lack of a better term is broken right now with Gordon back out there I think they're trying to force feed him the ball behind backup offensive linemen I mean you've got Mike Pouncey you've got Russell Okung now Forrest Lamp is injured can you start Melvin Gordon I mean it's It's scary and and obviously you know the the Bears defense gave it up last week to Latavius Murray so it's not a scary matchup but behind that offensive line, I'm worried about Melvin Gordon and I think you and I both reflected that in our rankings this week. Uh, We have him as our consensus 23 and I've got him at 27. What are you doing with Melvin Gordon? Yeah, this is a really tough one. Um, I think I took the did we have him in
0: our over-unders last week? I believe we did and I believe I took the over. I can't remember if he hit it or not but We'll get to that at some point on the Patreon pod. But the the feelings I had then kind of remain, which are they're still trying to get him the ball. He still has a chance to score every now and then when they get down into the red zone. But what you're bringing up is a really good point, which is this offensive line is just so bad that it, it makes it far worse for Gordon than it does for Eckler. Because Gordon is more of a run behind the tackles, find the open hole, a blast through, and uh, attack your, you know, the middle of your defense, and that's how he makes his hay. And when there are no open holes to find, that doesn't go well. Meanwhile, Austin Eckler is Mister Get Me in Space, whatever way you can, and I will make incredible things happen. And he is continuing to do that, um, which puts has both of us ranking him above Melvin Gordon again this week. So. Yeah, it's really tough for Gordon. I do think you have to keep starting him, even if he falls all the way down to your flex. I don't think that someone as good as Melvin Gordon can fall out of starting uh, range unless we see him begin to lose that workload entirely. Um, So until they go away from that, which I honestly don't expect them to do, especially since this is probably going to be his last year with the team, you would think they would just want to ride him as much as possible. Even if it's inefficient, he's going to get the touches to make him flexible ish but certainly well below where we would have liked to see him as far as production and ranking.
1: Yeah. One question I have for you and we'll get back to the game after this uh is Austin Eckler the running back for the Chargers in 2020 and if so in dynasty what are you giving up to get him? <sighs> That's a good question. My guess would be that they would
0: either draft more of a pounder type guy or maybe sign one um, and not expect Austin Eckler to be what Melvin Gordon was over the past few years, which is a twenty-five plus touch guy. But having said that, he is clearly dynamic. He was incredible for them before Gordon came back, um, and should be very productive when he anytime he does get touches. So yes, I expect him to be the guy next year. I don't expect him to be, um, I guess, the only guy in an Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley type of way. So I don't think he'd be an, uh, an elite top five, probably for me, but he may be in the RB one consideration depending on what happens with this team. And I would be, I would be willing to trade a very low first or certainly a very high second for him. I don't think I'd go with like a mid to high first. Would you
1: be higher than that or similar? No, I think I'm pretty similar. I think I would also even give a depth player on top of that just to get the deal done. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, like you said, you know, we've seen what he can do, and I'm willing to take the risk that, A, the offensive line gets back to full health, obviously, next year, and B, that they actually commit to him. And, and if that actually does happen, I mean, you're stealing at that price. So, um, yeah, I definitely like that call as well.
0: All right. uh, Quickly, before we move on, Chargers' run D's not been great. Are you willing to put David Montgomery out there this week? Hails to the no. All right. <laughs> We're sticking with that. I mean, how, I how can you
1: trust – anyone in this offense the yeah I said the Chargers offensive line was broken the Bears entire offense is broken like outside of Allen Robinson honestly no I I don't want anyone
0: agreed um if if it's a game you expect them to lose I think Tariq Cohen could be useful we saw him get a lot of receptions last week but other than that it's really rough going for this team as a whole Uh, or at least as offense as a whole they're still managing to win with that defense but yeah the offense is putrid all right, let's spin forward to Giants at Lions. Uh, we have our good Giants offensive pieces back, hurrah! Um, and the Lions, we have some interesting questions to answer with Marvin Jones. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, do you uh, do you have any concerns that Kenny Galladay could lose? Some of his wide receiver oneness to Jones. Were you already viewing it as more of a 1A, 1B? What's kind of your breakdown for those receivers after we saw that explosion from Jones?
1: Um, Yeah, that was rough. I had Chase Edmonds and Marvin Jones on my bench in one lineup. Oh. So that was a terrible day on Sunday. Ouch. But to answer your question, I still think Galladay is the one you want. Um, He is seventh in the NFL as far as air yards right now so he's definitely getting the ball and getting targets thrown his way but I certainly think Marvin Jones has wide receiver two potential rest of season for sure especially with with Matthew Stafford playing the way he is I mean no one's talking really about it but he's having one of the best seasons of his career this year and this matchup against the Giants I mean I think both are almost must starts uh, in my opinion but as far as your question there I still want Galladay to lead the team for sure. Yeah, I would pretty
0: much agree with everything you said there. I think both of them will have startable value in the right matchups. And this is one of them. The Giants are a bottom 10 team in allowing points to fantasy receivers. So green lights there. Uh, all right. The big question is what to do at the running back position. Uh, what are you doing this week, Betts, with the Lions non carry on
1: Johnson running backs? Yeah, let's talk about who that is. I mean, obviously now it's Ty Johnson. Uh, he's a sixth-round rookie out of Maryland. The dude pops in college. I mean, you look at his production profile. It's pretty impressive. 7.6 yards per carry in college. It's ridiculous. Uh, 11 yards per reception in college. Crazy. So he's explosive. He's quick. Um, But I don't think the team goes to him the way they did carry on. I mean, we saw carry on turning into a true workhorse for this team. And I think McKissick, who was already playing over Johnson – as far as a pass-down type of option, I think is going to maintain that role. So you're not going to get a workhorse in Johnson. I think it could be a 60-40 split, something like that. But in this matchup, I think Ty Johnson is certainly on the flex radar, maybe a back-end RB2 because of the matchup against the Giants. Yeah, we've seen them
0: give up quite a few uh, fantasy points to running backs over the weeks, and they're pretty much a bad team overall. I would expect the Lions to probably win this game. So, yeah, I'm on board with you there. I'm willing to throw out Ty Johnson. I tried to get him in this 20-team league uh, this week. I I bid all 81 of my remaining 100 auction dollars and did not get him because someone else bid 88. Oh, that's brutal, man. You hate to see that.
1: And that just speaks Uh, to the depth. Like If you're spending 88 dollars on Ty Johnson, you know it's a deep, deep league. Yep. Um, Giant side of the ball, obviously Barkley's a go uh, Ingram's a go. He healthy again. Yeah, Ingram should be fine. You know, for this week, obviously, um, came out for a bit of time last week. He got poked in the eye, so he's gonna be fine for this week. Excellent.
0: Uh, anyone else on that offense that you are excited to start or willing to start against the
1: Lions this week? I think you can flex Golden Tate this week, or you know, if you're in a three wide receiver league and, and you're struggling with some uh, players from the. Cowboys or the Ravens on by I think Golden Tate who leads the team in targets since coming back from his suspension is playable he's going up against Justin Coleman the slot corner for Detroit he's given up five receiving touchdowns on targets against him this season and I think um, that definitely speaks to his level of play for sure so I'm interested in Golden Tate I think you can flex him this week all righty
0: let's move forward to the Jets and the Jaguars you uh Le'Veon Bell you kind of have to start him for the Jets I guess anybody
1: else I mean Crowder is definitely viable in PPR leagues for sure just given the the targets he's seeing and also I mean I know it's a small sample but look back at what Alex Erickson did last week against the Jaguars uh eight for 137 and and he plays a lot of his uh you know his playing time is in the slot which is where Crowder lives so yeah it's possible Crowder is a, a good bounce back candidate here for this week But I don't know about starting anyone else. I don't love Anderson this week, given how bad Darnold looked on deep passes last week. Um, Mm. And Jacksonville can get after the quarterback. So if if Darnold has pressure in his face, the dude is going to be seeing ghosts again this week. Oh, Uh, Which the timing on that, by the way, is impeccable with Halloween just around the corner. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Fantastic. But Uh, yeah, so so for that reason, Anderson, yeah, for that reason, Anderson, I'm off of. But I think Bell and Crowd are the only two that I want to play. All righty, on the Jaguar side of the ball, you're starting Chark.
0: You're obviously starting Fournette. Oh my goodness, he's probably a top three running back this week, in my humble opinion. Uh, are you willing to throw Minshew and or Westbrook out there as well?
1: Minshew, I think, is a mid-range QB2. So in Superflex, yeah, for sure. But I don't think you can start him in you know, a one-quarterback league. Um, mm-hmm. Didi, I think, is interesting for sure. He's led the team in targets when Minshew's been at quarterback. And there's also a chance we see some positive touchdown regression here soon. Hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. But with that amount of targets, you think it has to come soon. But I love DJ Chark this week, man. He was in a smash spot last week. He really disappointed a lot of us. I played him everywhere I had him. He was tackled at the one-yard line on the opening drive. So if he gets in there, that changes the narrative for this week. But the Jets' top two cornerbacks are giving up a 72% completion percentage on the year. And he leads the team in air yards. So... DJ Chark, for me, is a lock in your lineup, uh, for sure. Uh, Yeah, pretty much agreed across the board
0: there. I'm definitely okay throwing Westbrook out there as a flex or low-end wide receiver, too. Um, Moving on to the Bengals versus the Rams, at the Rams, technically. We talked about Mixon. the top of the show, Betts. Are you going to start him this week?
1: (sighs) I own him in the Listener League. I don't really have a better option. So, yes, I probably will start him this week. I think... I think a lot of people are in that same position. Yeah, I mean, just the capital you had to invest in, in him to get him. It's not like he's your running back three. Like Most people took him as a one or a two. Um, so, yeah, I, I am starting him because I have to. But if, certainly if I had better options, honestly, if I had a Ty Johnson who I just got off of waivers, I certainly would lean that way. Ooh, I like it. Um, And Tyler Boyd also not being
0: as quite as good as we would
1: have hoped. You willing to throw him out there as well? Yeah, same situation. I mean, if you have a better option, I'm looking elsewhere. The targets are there, which is nice, but he just hasn't produced. And Andy Dalton, behind this offensive line, has no time to deliver the ball. So I don't really want to start him, but I'm willing to if I don't have any better options. And you know, to speak to that, as far as the pressure, I think Andy Dalton's going to see. This Rams defensive line against this Cincinnati offensive line, I think is probably one of the biggest mismatches at a positional group on this week's slate of games, they're going to absolutely dominate in this game. Um, And so for that reason, for me, Boyd is just, he's okay.
0: I think I'd probably lean the Rams defense over any of the Bengals players in a flex that allowed defense to start over your players. Yes. So (laughs) it's ugly. Um,
1: Rams side of the ball, you're definitely starting everybody. How high is Jared Goff for you this week? Let me pull up my rankings real quick. I have got Goff. At uh quarterback four, same as you. Ah, excellent. Look at that. So we are definitely high on golf looking for
0: a another bounce back game here. All right. Let's swing down to Bucks at Titans. Titans have a good defense. Bucks have a strange defense. Very bad against the pass, very good against the run. So does anything stand out to you here? Are you willing to start Ryan Tannehill in a two QB league
1: and his any of his receivers? Otherwise, I definitely am willing to start Tannehill in, in a two QB or superflex format. I think I am actually in the writers' league, um and the nice thing to see here is that he actually forced the ball downfield, unlike Mariota, which we saw be a huge upgrade for Corey Davis. So I honestly think this is big for the offense now, season long. I'm not really too excited still for Corey Davis. I mean, the team is still going to obviously run through Derrick Henry, but for this matchup against Tampa Bay, like you said, who gives it up in the air uh, against receivers. Yeah, I'll start Corey Davis in this matchup along with Ryan Tannehill. I like it. Uh, James Winston, bench? God, yeah. I mean, after what we saw two weeks ago, how can you have any confidence in this guy? Especially because, you know, we know with Winston, like he struggles so much against zone. He can't, he can't throw a guy open. He can see a guy getting some separation and deliver the ball fine. So against man, he's good. But this Tennessee defense plays zone about 70% of the time, and, and I think Winston is going to have another implosion game this week. I am definitely not starting him. Agreed. Avoid at all costs. You do have to, of course, start
0: his receivers, both of them, just because they're who they are. But I do not like Winston, and you're not starting any of the running backs either, I assume. Oh, God, no. All right, good stuff. Moving on to the Eagles. Oh, boy, Betts. This is a big old game for the Birds. Heading to Buffalo uh, to face a overperforming, I think you we would all say Bills team. Wow, this is going to be tough. Wentz struggling still without Deshaun Jackson had one of his worst games last week. Um, what pieces
1: from the Eagles side of the ball are you willing to start against this tough Buffalo D? Yeah, great call by you last week. Wentz was your sit of the week, and man, d- like just as an Eagles fan, that was so tough to watch. Like, they didn't even show up, and—I'm sorry, I, have to, I just have to say this. Like, <laughs> oh come boy. on. Like, the—it's a must-win game, right? On the road in yep. Dallas for first in the division. They don't even show up. The second issue is, after the game, you have a locker room that's supposed to be full of leaders. They're the second-oldest roster in the league, two years removed from a Super Bowl, and now we have rumors coming out about certain players talking bad about Wentz and the coaching staff and this, that, and the other— Like, the team is broken. I'm super worried about this team rest of season. And the matchups starting this week are terrible for the Philly offense. So, yeah, without Deshaun Jackson, I'm off of the Eagles for sure. Um, And just to speak to Deshaun Jackson, you know, dealing with the sports hernia, it's it's a bummer because this surgery for the sports hernia carries about a six-week recovery. And his injury happened six weeks ago. And, And obviously, he tried to rehab it. He's still not right. He didn't practice today on Wednesday, so I don't think we see him again this week. Um, I I don't think it's a matter of if. I think it's a matter of when he has surgery. And I don't know that we see Deshaun Jackson really ever return to fantasy relevance this season. And for that reason alone, uh, Wentz is certainly falling down my ranks for sure. And, you know, it pains me to say that as an Eagles fan and Wentz supporter. But, yeah, uh, I don't really want to start anyone in this matchup on the Philly side outside of Zach Ertz because who else are you going to start at tight end?
0: Yep, that would be my exact take as well. Uh, the last part. Everything about the horrible Eagles, I'm not nearly as sad
1: about. But So sad, dude. Like I was watching <laughs> that game. I drove. So this weekend, I, I drove down to Penn State for the whiteout game, and I convinced my fiancé for us to leave early enough to rush back for the Sunday night game to get here. Oh, no. I DVR it. Oh, I come in. no. Oh, my gosh. It was a rough night.
0: I was very sad yeah. on Monday. Not pretty. Uh, meanwhile, if you're a Bills fan, you're feeling great. And if you're a Bills fantasy owner, well, the running back situation, questionable at best. And obviously the Eagles' run D is still decent. One of the only parts of their team that's that's all right. Although they did get gashed by Ezekiel Elliott, but he's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, however, the pass weapons, Josh Allen and John Brown as well this week, I'm, I'm thinking these guys are a full go uh, both guys are very high for me in my ranks. What, what are your feelings on the two of them and anyone else that you might be interested in?
1: Yeah, for sure. Josh Allen is a locked in starter this week. Philly has given up 14 touchdown passes this year. Um, Not great. Obviously we're seven weeks in, so they're giving up multiple touchdown passes per game. And I think one of those has to go to John Brown. He's been so solid this season and I think very underrated you know, he's a guy who we always talk about as like such a high ceiling player because of what he can do on the deep ball. But, you know, 50 plus yards in six of six games this season for Brown. So the floor is there. The ceiling is there. And we just talked about it with Philly secondary. They can't stop anyone. So I think both those guys, if they're on your roster, are a lock in your lineup. Yeah, I just did a quick check on our rankings. Both of us have Josh Allen in
0: our top five and both of us have John Brown in our top 14. Receivers, So those are both auto locks. Run them out there. Get them in DFS. Whatever you can do to have those guys playing for you in fantasy. All right, bets. a couple more early games. We will knock these out and then get to a quick mailbag. Uh, Broncos at Colts. Not the most exciting game. Obviously, no Emmanuel Sanders anymore in Denver. So Cortland Sutton, I'm assuming, is a must start. Uh, what's your take on the running back situation there for this game?
1: Yeah, it was kind of a weird week last week. It seemed to be a a smash spot for Lindsey against the KC defense last week on Thursday. Um, But for whatever reason, it just didn't come to fruition. I'm still fine starting Lindsey. I think he's a fine RB2 this week. And Royce, you know, it it seems weird because uh, Lindsey has been the guy dominating, I think, fantasy production as far as touchdowns. We finally saw Royce get in the end zone last week. uh, And he's been dominating the snap counts, actually, and been the pass catcher. In the backfield, So I think you can start both guys in this matchup. I would still prefer Lindsey, but I definitely think you can flex Royce.
0: Yeah, uh, I have Royce quite low this week, down at 27. You have him in a little bit more of a startable spot, so I'm not feeling great about him. Lindsey, I think you kind of have to roll out there. Both of us have him as a mid-range RB2. Uh, Colts' side of the ball, uh, is there anyone you're not starting? This seems like a pretty good green light for everybody, even though the Broncos' defense is good. I feel like we know the roles for everybody on the Colts
1: offense and they're all okay. Yeah, one report I did read today uh, in regards to this matchup is the fact that I think Chris Harris came out and said he does plan to shadow T.Y. Hilton. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch if that actually does happen. And I think that just maybe tempers your expectation for T.Y. We may not Mm -hmm. see an explosion from him this week, but obviously you're starting him. I like Jacoby Brissett. He's been so solid this season. For sure, Marlon Mack is obviously a lock in your lineup. I think you're starting the usual guys. For yep. you, is there any uh, secondary pass catcher that you're going to throw out? Maybe a Zach Pascal, maybe the tight ends. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I don't know that
0: I can trust anybody in
1: the wide receiver
0: core. I was hoping Pascal would kind of um, become a reliable option. Obviously, he had a great game against the Texans, so that's – But I feel like that may be a little bit of fool's gold. Certainly, he's not going to be that uh, exactly what he was. But maybe he can step up and be something. I still don't think I'm going to roll him out there this week. I think I'm going to wait and see if this is something he can maintain. Uh, Production, at least, is something he can maintain. As far as the tight ends, I think you have to start Ebron if you have him. And he's your best. I mean, obviously, if he's your best tight end, you're starting him. But I think he's going to be in the tight tight end one conversation Pretty frequently, I know it would be nice if Doyle was gone and we were seeing the Ebron we were seeing last year, but he's still a guy you can score. We saw that incredible touchdown catch last week, and Woo, I think he's a guy catch. you kind of have to start.
1: Yeah, incredible. Uh, any disagreement there? No, I just wanted to get your temperature on Pascal. I agree. I think there's a situation where like one week it's going to be Chester Rogers and the next week it's going to be Doyle and the next week it's going to be Ebron. So I agree with you. I don't really trust any of those other options uh, too much. I will say, if Pascal puts puts out
0: another decent week where he's got five, six plus targets and you know some decent production, he's going to be a guy I'm going to start flexing. He's had three out of four games. Uh, the last four games have been pretty good for him. So he's close for me, but just not quite there. Uh, last matchup in the early games, and then a mailbag. It is the Cardinals at the Saints. It is Kyler Murray time bets. They are on. Not a one, not a two. But a three-game winning streak. Let's go, Kyler.
1: What Um, is happening?
0: I don't know, man. He's coming alive. They're figuring out how to run him. He's starting to rush the ball pretty well. So I think Kyler's a start. Uh, Obviously, well, before we get to anything else, probably the biggest storyline is Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Brees. What can you give us as far as expectations there?
1: Yeah, so this is basically a situation that... um, Drew Brees is one of the hardest working guys in the NFL. He is coming off of the repair of his ulnar collateral ligament on his thumb, on his right hand. So that's important for throwing the ball. He's coming out saying he feels great. You know, people are saying the the ball looks good coming out of his hand. So this is going to be six weeks exactly to the day when he got injured. And that was the projected recovery timeline. So he's right on track for this week. And I think if there wasn't a bye week next week, I think we would see him play but that's the question is does this team say look we're 5 and 0 with Teddy why rush breeze back one week early when he can get an extra 2 weeks to really fully be 100% you know for week 10 so um they're calling it a game time decision breeze practice today in a limited fashion we'll see what happens if at any point we see breeze with the full practice under his belt i think they go back to him this week all right so definitely something to monitor uh i
0: it might be interesting for you to know i Looked at some research this week, as I want to do, since it's my job. Uh, (laughs) Michael Thomas, since last season, Michael Thomas has had 7.71 receptions per game from Breeze and 7.71 receptions per game from Teddy Bridgewater. Exact same production, so it really doesn't hurt him at all. He is dominating this year. Continue to roll him out regardless. Uh, Give us an update on Alvin Kamara. And then we can decide what to do with the running back situation.
1: Yeah, Alvin Kamara during, dealing with two injuries. He's got the high ankle sprain and the MCL injury. Um, you know, one of those came in practice two weeks ago. The other one came in the game uh, two weeks ago again. So, yeah, it's it's a situation where I would prefer to have him out another week as far as his confidence with his rehab. But I think you just have to go off what the team is doing, and they just released uh, Zach Zenner this past week. So. I think that tells you that he's probably trending the right direction. We got to monitor the practice reports, though, because he did not practice today on Wednesday. I want to see him get in at least two limited practices to kind of feel like he's going to be a go. But I think, honestly, Latavius Murray, even if Kamara is active, you can start him in this game. Obviously, Arizona mm. is not scary on the ground. So um, I, think, I think Kamara has a chance to play. But I don't think we'll see the real Kamara and the full workload that he's been getting, especially with the bye next week. All right. Interesting. I like it. Um, Over on the Cardinals side of the
0: ball, obviously things a little bit more murky, but we got another running back situation with a lot of question marks. So this is probably my most uh,
1: uh, interested question for you. What is going on with David Johnson? Yeah, Zach Center leaves the New Orleans Saints. And signs with the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) Oh, boy. As did uh, Alfred Morris, actually, both this week. And this comes off of the game that fantasy owners were tricked into starting David Johnson. Uh, I don't want to say tricked. He was active, and so he's David Johnson. You put him in your lineup. But, uh, you know, I don't think he's close to playing in this game, and I think those signings tell you all you need to know. Let's not forget, it's not just his ankle sprain that he's dealing with who, you know, when he came in, he played a few snaps. I think it was three. He got one carry. He tried to cut on that ankle and it did not look good. And he pulled himself out of the game. So I don't think he's close. And the other issue, you know, to talk about is is also the back injury from two weeks ago. It's not going to go away in just two weeks. So for David Johnson, I think this makes perfect sense for the signings. I think it really tells you that he's probably at least one week away, maybe multiple. So if you are counting on David Johnson, you certainly should be making backup plans immediately. And if he is out, uh, are we all okay starting Chase Edmonds at this point? Crazy question, but my goodness, did he look good. Yeah, he looked great last week, and I think that was probably a little bit more matchup-based in my opinion. You know, obviously the Mm -hmm. Giants um, are terrible (laughs) on defense, (laughs) and the Saints' Rushdie has been on fire as of late. So yeah, I think you can start him based off volume. He'll probably be more of a flex territory type of player, but uh, certainly volume, I think, will get him into fantasy relevance. Sweet. Uh, Kyler Murray, a go for you as well? Oh, yes.
0: All righty. I think that covers it, Bets. Any other final takes on these early games? That was a lot.
1: I don't even know what we talked about. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I'm excited right. to uh, to get over into the mailbag. All right, let's do it.
0: Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? i am dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay?
1: All righty,
0: bets. We got a few questions, some of them uh, relevant to what we have talked about so far. Let's start with a question from at Kevin Galusha, friend of the show. Uh, What trades do you want to see happen? Maybe a few that could happen and a few that are not likely, but you would love to see for the sake of fantasy or even real football.
1: Great question.
0: Uh, So this is talking real, real trades, NFL trades, bets. Us fantasy people might think, Fantasy trades? No. He's talking about real NFL trades. We've seen a couple that have had some interesting impacts. Do any uh, guys stand out to you as potential or desirable trade targets?
1: Well, one thing I want to see happen for sure is Melvin Gordon traded away from the Chargers. Oh! For two reasons. One, let's get this offense back to what it was in the first three weeks. Let's free Austin Eckler. And then B... Get Melvin Gordon acclimated in a new offensive system where the line actually can block and he can be Melvin Gordon. So um I don't know off the top of my head, do you know of any places that you would like to see him go? Maybe a running back needy team? I do. It would be the Tampa
0: Bay Buccaneers. Yes. I would love to see that. That would for be great. All parties involved. Uh and in fact, my trade player comes from that same team bets. It's not really very very realistic. Yours is certainly more realistic, but oh my goodness gracious, please get O.J. Howard out of Tampa Bay and to somewhere where he can flash the incredible talent that he possesses. Because this is the most frustrating thing of the entire season. This guy is a potential elite level tight end talent, and he is worthless for fantasy right now on that offense. So I don't know. I, I'm i almost interested in saying the Patriots because we know what Tom Brady oh. can do with a tight end. That might be a bit much. Uh, but I would love to see him go pretty much anywhere else. That would be incredible. It really would. Uh, there's a couple of interesting ones. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Maybe we'll uh, we'll have a couple more, or we or send us yours and we'll comment on them. Uh, yeah. Here's another question, Ben. Bets-
1: and, and just before we move on, Okada, real quick. Yes. What do you got? Kevin Glusha, good friend of the show, in our Patreon Slack channel. Ooh. Uh, and that's true. why he gets first question here. So if you are on Patreon, you get mailbag priority. Uh, so Kevin, we'll talk about these trades more in detail in the, in the Slack channel. Mm, big facts.
0: Uh, this question comes in from A. Rice, 1921. And it's one we've kind of seen before, Bets It is Adams, Devontae Adams, for Cooper Cup plus bid money, uh, which I assume would mean, like, fab, probably. This, this He's in a league where you can trade fab, unless it's an auction league where he's trading future draft money. Either way, I would do this because I would take uh, from, from the... Adams side if I had Adams I would do this cuz I would take Cup for Adams and bid money. We've talked about it before. I think Cup is a top 5 receiver at this point. He's my number 1 again this week uh
1: and I am absolutely willing to do this. Do you disagree? Yeah. No, no, not at all. Um yeah, and the other issue is obviously injury. We don't know when Adams is going to come back. He yep. did do some light stretching today's and reportedly he found a pair of shoes that actually fit him better with his toe, so those are all good signs, but I, I still think he's a couple of weeks away. You basically get an interchangeable piece of your offense getting a wide receiver plus money to spend on waivers. Yeah, no question. Give me a cup. All righty. This question
0: comes in from possibly the best Twitter handle I've seen so far in our mailbag, at Darth McNugget. Oh, what a name. Asks or says, I see Adrian Peterson, Miles Sanders, and Ty Johnson on waivers. Would you start any of them over Monty, a.k.a. David Montgomery, this week, thanks. Bess, I feel like you kind of already answered this question. Uh And I would probably also get on board with starting Ty Johnson over David Montgomery. I, any of the other guys? Would you prefer any of the other guys as well?
1: No. And I would say for a more detailed answer, because I definitely agree with you, Ty Johnson, for sure. Uh Mr. McNugget, rewind 30 minutes or so, and you will find us talking about... <laughs> The Lions in more detail. But yes, I prefer Ty Johnson. There you go. All right. Uh easy answer there. And finally, from at Jason
0: Quinn nineteen ninety two. Uh oh, by the way, I just remembered bets that Ola BC Johnson shares my birthday, so that was the main reason of excitement uh in starting him for me. I meant to say that and I forgot to. It's very important. Moving on.
1: Oh um, perfect. I can't wait to root for him tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Thoughts on Josh Jacobs and a possible shoulder injury, question mark. He sat out practice today. Also, well, let's answer that first. Do you have any concern for Josh Jacobs?
1: Yeah, I need to look for the, the details on this. I didn't get a chance to check it out before we started recording. Um, so I'll look into that, and I'll reply to this on Twitter. I don't know specifically, but he did play you know, his full outman of snaps last week. He had an awesome game. He played a ton. So this is probably more of a maintenance type of injury but I will report back when I have more info.
0: Yeah, I I can say the best answer to this question, Jason, is follow at the Fantasy PT on Twitter, and you will pretty much get any important updates on these types of players uh, as soon as the info comes out with extra context and possibly lovely videos of skeletons and what happened to the bodies of said players. It's all around a great experience. Uh, The second part of his question, to end the show, Betts, Cousins or Stafford at QB2 in the 2QB league, Rodgers is his QB1. Who are you going with here?
1: Let me pull up the rankings real quick. You said Stafford or Cousins? I did. Right? Those are the two. So I have Stafford at 8. I'm sorry, Stafford at 7, Cousins at 8. So both fantastic plays. I slightly prefer Stafford.
0: Yeah, I have Stafford at 8, Cousins at 10, I think. (sighs) The guy above Cousins is Kyler Murray, so it's going to be really hard for me to move Cousins up. But if I did, I would only move him up one spot, and Stafford would still be a a teeny bit ahead. So we both agree there. Stafford's the guy. All right, bets. That closes out the regular Thursday pod. Thank you all for listening. Uh, If you're interested in hearing the previews for the rest of the games, you're going to have to be a patron. So swing over to our Patreon, uh, become a patron, and you will get that podcast Friday evening-ish. Certainly before Sunday.
1: Uh, any other final words, bets, before we close it out? I don't believe so. I think we covered a ton today, so hopefully that was helpful. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at TheFantasyPT, at Matt Okada at RedshirtsFFPod. Uh, let us know what you think, because we, you know, we were trying to be different for this podcast, provide more information than just our starts of the week. And Okada, we will tweet out our starts of the week as well, so that people get that info uh, for sure. So find us on there. Yes, we will. You're going to want to look for that tweet because
0: obviously our start sits of the week are complete fire bets, and everybody's going to need that info. Truth. All right. uh, Until then, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.